Welcome to episode 13 of the Fire the Family podcast. This is Nick, and uh, I am Nick, I should say, and I want to say thank you for uh, hanging out with me here on yet another episode, and I hope it's helpful. I hope you find some stuff that's useful. Um, I sincerely uh, challenge you to take what works for you and leave the rest. Um, that's really a, kind of a mantra that I give myself is that I, I just hope to provide so much value to you, um, things that you can use and, and things that are actionable for you. Um, I do understand that everyone's life situation is different. And some of the things that I talk about don't pertain to everybody. Um, you know, not everybody wants to do the exact same thing. Not everybody has the same exact goals. Not everybody has the same background. Um, so I understand that. So I understand that there's going to be some things I say that you may not uh, find useful. Um, but I hope you I hope you can find something to take away from uh, these episodes. Uh, so before we get started, actually, I'm going to tell you what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about tonight uh, at the time of recording. I don't know if you're working out, if you're about to board an airplane, or if you're on your way on your morning commute. That's how I like to listen to podcasts most of the time. Uh, but wherever this is reaching you, again, uh, just thank you so much. Um, tonight, we're going to talk about 22 actionable ways to invest in yourself uh, in your 20s. So I put in, I added that part on there just because these are things that I've done in my 20s. I've done most of them, and they've been so helpful and really have changed the trajectory of my life. Um, and I know that they would do um, have the, could have that same effect for your life. Um, if you're not in your 20s, if you're a little bit older or you're a little bit younger, not a problem. There's still a lot of really useful stuff on here, and there's no like age discrimination going on at all. You can do any of these things, and I personally know people that have done these things in their 30s or 40s um, or in their in their late teens. Um, so if you do know somebody that's you know in their 20s around that age range, and you want to share this with them, then that's super great. I would definitely appreciate that, and I really think that there's some stuff that's, that's super actionable. Uh, when I was writing this um, this article. I, uh, I I did my due diligence and I want to see what else was out there and everything that I found was just super, uh, just super mundane and vague and things like take up yoga or travel the world or quit your job or um, invest in experiences and just like really like I don't know not actionable at all and things I wouldn't even tell people to go and do so um, I hope you stick with me and I hope you make it through this list with me I'll try to cruise through it um, and uh, and just make this a really packed packed episode that that um, that teaches you something new hopefully and and uh, is a good use of your time uh, before we get into that though I want to tell you about a new resource I just launched on the website called the fire goal worksheet uh, so this is something my wife and I started doing when we were in our 19, 18, 19 years old. Um, I think we were about 19. And the first time we did it, we just wrote down a piece of paper, folded it up, and basically it was a goal that we had for ourselves or a list of goals that we had for ourselves for the upcoming year. And um, we folded it up, put it in the file cabinet. I don't know if I heard about it on the radio or if it was a Dave Ramsey thing or what. Um, I, th- I think I was listening to Dave Ramsey at that time when I was about 19. This was about 9, 10 years ago. Um, and so we put it in the file cabinet and what we found was we forgot that it was in there. It's kind of funny. Um, and it was something that you're like, oh man, I'm going to remember this. I'm going to think about it every day. And you don't, uh, we completely forgot about it, discovered it about a year and a half later when we were doing taxes. I think we were going through a file cabinet and I pulled it out, opened it up and was like, Hey honey, like, look what I found. And I couldn't believe it. We had accomplished if we had 10 things on, on there, we had accomplished nine out of 10 of them. And it was so amazing to see that. Um, and to just see that we had put this intent, this intention forward, we wrote it down, we made, you know, a commitment to ourselves and we put it away and we let our subconscious and, um, we, there were things that we were already working on. We wanted to do, um, and we knew that they were coming up, um, but that we actually followed through and executed on them, 
I think is the important part. And that's what so many people uh, forget to do or fail to do because it gets difficult or it's not easy. And, you know, you have to grind and you have to do a lot of things that maybe aren't comfortable. And that's something that we're really good at. We're my wife and I, one thing that I think probably the thing I'm most proud of that we um, are able to do together is that we can set our intentions to something that may be like two or three years down the road. And we just put our heads down and we grind it out. Um, I did it when I went through back to school and we didn't have any money. I did it when we um, we did it when um, when I went back to school for the second, my third degree, my MBA. I was working full time and trying to make ends meet. And we just bought a house and all sorts of stuff. So there's been three times that I can remember in my life where we've done this, where we've filled out uh, something that had all of our goals on it uh, for the upcoming year. And then we put it away in, in, in our file cabinet and, and discovered it later. And had accomplished almost everything on it. Um, so what it is, it's a free download. It's a PDF. And you put your name, date, name, uh, initials. So you and your spouse or significant other. Um, or just yourself. That's fine too. It works the same. And it has a blank for 2020 income goals. A blank for 2020 budget goals. And a blank for 2020 investing goals. And then a little reminder at the bottom. That's kind of an affirmation. And uh, a little bit of directions on the side. And it's super great. I printed one out last night. And my wife and I are going to do one. And I'll probably make some content around that. Um, write it down. Fill it out. It's super simple. You can do it in 10 minutes. Um, have a good financial you know, communication chat with your, your spouse. And I do. I mean, I have the money marriage checklist on there too if you want some talking points. Um, and just, just do it. It's awesome. I think it's super helpful. Um, and I'd love your feedback. Um, if this is something that's, that you find helpful, just hit me up on Twitter. I'm pretty active on there. At um, Fire the Family. And um, I, I would love to connect with you. Anyway, so back to the, uh, the episode of the night. Uh, 22 actionable ways to invest in yourself in your 20s call it a mega list. It's a big list and they're all great. Um, so the reason why I say your twenties is because that's where you really, um, you can do a lot of good things for yourself. You can set, you know, your, you can increase your income trajectory. You can provide yourself experiences to, to mature and develop, which is something I really had to do for myself. Um, and actively work towards, uh, and create the future that you want. Um, Ramit Sethi, uh, yeah, he, uh, he talks about creating your rich life. Um, that's what I'm talking about. Like, um, it, you, what, what may make you feel rich may not make the next guy feel rich. It may not be money. It may not be monetarily, uh, monetary value. It may not be a million dollars, may not be a Lamborghini. It may just be, you know, being comfortable and secure with your finances coming home at the end of the day and raising a family. Um, that's wonderful. That's great. It might be living on a beach somewhere with your computer, making, uh, enough money to, to, you know, work wherever, from wherever you want. Um, whatever works for you is what I'm, is what I'm talking about. But um, how do you know what you want to do in your 20s? And for me, I went through a period in my 20s that was so paralyzing that I just, I knew I needed to figure out what to do. I had two kids at the time and um, was married, had gotten out of the military and was just so stressed out. I just was, I, I'm like, I should know, I should know what I need to do right now. And um, I didn't. And um, what I'd found was I needed to dabble. I needed to try lots of different things. Um, and I know a lot of gurus and a lot of people out there talk about it. Gary Vee says all the time, you got you to try different things. You got to experience, you got to have all these different experiences. It gives you perspective. And, um, and that's how, that's really kind of by elimination, you figure out what it is you really want to do with your life. So number one is go to college. Uh, basically it's, I'm going to say blanket statement. It's not for everyone, uh, nor should you go into debt, extreme debt to go to college. Uh, there's a whole conversation that should be had on return on investment and educating young people that, Hey, uh, if you go to this school and earn this degree, you're likely to get a job doing this and it'll pay you this much on average after you graduate. And how will you be able to pay back this student loan? If you take that with that student loan, 
The answer is typically no. The average, the average college graduate makes like 35 to 40 grand a year. Um, and most student loans, the average student loans is well above that. Um, and so it may not be a great investment to do. But if you start out at community college, um, you figure out exactly what you want to do, maybe live at home with parents or get a roommate, uh, and then you go to like a branch campus, like a university branch campus that's cheaper than paying for, uh, paying for room and board and food and all that and tuition, there's a cheap way to go to college and pay for it, cash flow it. We largely did that for my wife's college. And, um, you know, she started going to the branch campus university. She'd go in for a teaching degree. She knew how much she was going to make on average. And she went into a total of like $6,000 of student loan debt, which was like nothing. Um, and that is, uh, it took her a couple extra years to get it done because we moved to Kansas for the military. We had, she had two kids before she graduated. And, uh, but we did all of that and she was done by the time she was 26. Uh, so there's really no excuses out there um, to, to, for going into $50,000, with a student loan debt and not coming out the other end as like a doctor, a lawyer, um, engineer uh, that's going to pay it, you know, have a likely chance of paying that back. Um, so that's, that's, I would say go to college if you're in your 20s and, you know, just get an AA degree, get a direct transfer associate's degree. It takes two years. You can probably get it done in a year and a half if you started a little bit sooner. Um, and, and the reason being is because school's great. Um, you're going to meet people. You're going to um, develop a little bit. You're going to mature. You're going to get some perspective. You're going to have a better worldview, I think. You're going to learn some, some, um, some, some things that you didn't know before. Um, but how applicable is that to the real world in your future? I ended up in sales, in software sales. So I'm not even, right now, I'm not even using any of my three degrees. And, uh, you know, I don't regret going to school at all. I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy the process, but I enjoyed uh, the feeling, I enjoyed the learning, and um, it really set me up for a life worth uh, of learning, even though I was doing like building websites and doing stuff on the side uh, while going to school. So um, I think it's, while it's not for everybody, I think it's a good route, and it would definitely, it's definitely going to help you more than it hurts you. I think the data is there. If you go to college, you're going to earn you know more money over the course of your career than a person that doesn't, um, and I think that's been well proven. But how much you should go into debt for that is a, is a up for debate. I don't think you should go into debt at all. Um, I didn't get take any student loan debt for any of my three degrees, um, MBA being one of them, a Bachelor's of Science being the other one, and Associates in, of Applied Science uh, for Aircraft Maintenance for being the third. Um, and I went in reverse chronological order on that. But um, I, I made an awful lot of money, and I have a link there to my website. Um, I was getting paid like 1200 bucks a month for the GI Bill to go back to school, uh, plus books, plus tuition, plus FAFSA, the grants and scholarships and all that. And like, oh, man, I was making more going to school full time than I did when I was in the military. Uh, number two is join the military. Kind of funny. Um, that's what I that's what I did when I was 19. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was going to community college, playing baseball, uh, playing a little bit of college baseball. And that wasn't really panning out for me. Um, I was just tired and burned out of it. I was living uh, with my sister and uh, I wanted to marry my wife and my girlfriend at the time. And um, we were high school sweethearts and we both wanted to move away and do something new. So I joined the Air Force. And uh, October 2010, I left for basic military training and that forever changed my life. So I spent five years total in the service, um, three years active duty, two years Air National Guard, and uh, it was the most um, amazing thing, and it's provided me the most value out of anything I've ever done in my life uh, to date, from a, from a leadership and growth and maturity standpoint, uh, to just being just raw focused on what I want, what I want for my future, and uh, what I don't want, um, more importantly. Uh, number three is going to a trade school. So this is a stigmatic one. It's kind of like the military. When I was in high school, people that were going in the military right away, it was kind of like frowned upon. It was like, oh man, they're not cut out for college, so they might as well go in the military. Trade schools like that as well. Um, a lot of people that um, maybe don't want to go to, you know, go to a uh, university, uh, college, and learn liberal arts or science, hard science or anything like that. Um, a lot of them go to trade school, which 
I have a bunch of those in my family and, and circle of friends that I know, um, people I've connected with, and it's wonderful. Like there's some really great fields out there, uh, being an electrician, being a pipe fitter, being um, a welder. Uh, there's just so many trades, uh, even automotive technicians and stuff. There's so many trades out there. Um, go, go give it a world. You don't, nobody says you have to do it forever. Nobody says that has to be, you know, absolutely has to be your future. I work with people right now that are making over a hundred thousand dollars a year in software sales who went to trade school, who went in the military, who went uh, to college, who didn't go to college or do any of those things. Uh, so, you know, you can, the money's out there. You're going to be able to find it and you're going to be able to make it for your family. Um, it's a matter of how do you want to get there and what do you want to experience, you know, until you get there. No one's going to really take you seriously until you're in your mid-20s anyways. Uh, so you might as well use your early 20s to uh, learn something and dabble and, and see what see what it is uh, where, where you feel like you belong. Uh, number four, get a job. So it's important, man. I didn't start working. I got a job when I was like 16 working at Quiznos and I worked there for like six months. I quit because they wouldn't let me go uh, snowboarding on a Saturday. So I just quit. Um, and my parents didn't really pressure me to, to work. Um, as long as I was getting good grades and I was playing sports, uh, they were fine supporting me, which uh, I really enjoyed at the time. And looking back on it now, I think it set me back a little bit because like my wife, she worked as a, a hostess for you know, all the way through high school, way more responsible than me, way better with her money. And she actually had money. I didn't have any money. Um, and uh, I think that would have been uh, probably would have been good for me uh, in hindsight. Uh, but uh, there's no better way to find out what you want to do in life than working because you'll find out really quick if you like stocking shelves, if you like serving food, if you like, you know, what kind of work you like doing at the very entry level. And that might help guide your, your, um, your decision making. I know people that have that went to high school, never worked, went to college, never worked and tried getting a job right out of college. And they were blown away by like what works actually like. And they had nothing, no perspective to compare it to from when they were like in high school and were like, you know, if they had worked at fast food and they're like, oh man, you know, this is way better than fast food, but because they never worked before, they didn't know, right? They didn't know that the other side of the coin. And uh, I think that that's so important. That perspective is so important. Um, also, maybe not spend your whole 20s working for the same company. I worked for the, the government and the military. I worked for, in my 20s, I worked for Barnes & Noble when I got out of the military. I worked there for like nine months because I had to make ends meet. And uh, it was crazy. That was a weird transition. And then uh, I worked for a national service organization in Washington that helps veterans go out of the military and back to college um, called Vet Corps. And I'm super proud of that. Did that for three years. And now I work for a software as a service company where I started as a biz dev rep where I cold called, made cold call phone calls all day. And then I moved into transactional sales at that company. And now I'm an account manager uh, at the same company. I've been there for two years now. So I've worked for a lot of different organizations, a lot of different companies, different you know, public sector, private sector. I worked for the university. Um, I worked for a state organization. I worked for um, software. Like, man, I've done a lot. So um, not to toot my own horn or anything, but I think that that gave me a lot of perspective. Um, the grass is not always greener, and I know kind of what I would be going back to did I, if I want like another government job, uh, for example, if I want to move to higher education, uh, or if I like the software industry. And I think, I think that perspective is valuable and important. And I'm only 28, so um, I've got a lot of work left ahead of me, and I think that that's just, I'm, I'm gonna be so thankful that I did those things uh, to, set me, to set me up for, for decisions down the road. Uh, number five, learn how to cook. Learning how to cook for yourself increases your independence, reduces your expenses from eating out, and your future significant other will be super thankful and they will appreciate you. Right now, I'm working or I'm working full-time. Like, uh, I also cook dinner five nights a week for my wife because she just started working full-time as a kindergarten teacher. And I recognized that that was something that would help her if I took over cooking. And for me, it was like something I could do and I enjoy doing it. And so um, on average, I'm cooking probably four or five nights a week. 
which I think is great. Number six, learn how to exercise properly. So similar to cooking, if you learn how to cook, you're going to be healthier because you're not eating out as much. You're going to be saving money because you're not eating out as much. Learning how to exercise, you're going to be healthier because your blood's moving and you're not going to get a blood clot sitting at your desk all day. Um, You're going to feel better about yourself. Your mental health is going to be improved. Um, You're going to live longer statistically. Um, And I'm talking like walking, jogging, lifting light weights, getting on a treadmill, like nothing super crazy. You don't have to be a CrossFitter, powerlifter, um, anything like that. Um, I've been working out since I was in high school from sports, Um, did it all the way through the military, Uh, still work out as regularly as I can, probably three to five days a week on average if I'm not sick. And um, I absolutely love it. And it's just a big part of my life. And um, uh, it's something simple, rock climbing, yoga, push-ups, weightlifting, kayaking, biking, jogging, tons of things even off the beaten path that are, a lot of them are free. It's just a matter of like you getting up and putting some shoes on and not being lazy um, or maybe buying a $50 bicycle off Craigslist and going for a bike ride once, one, you know, once every couple nights. Um, get out there and figure out what works for you, but you got you to gotta do it. We can't be sedentary. Uh, momentum creates momentum and, and a body at rest will tend to stay at rest uh, unless, uh, unless uh, acted upon by another force. So you need to get out there and move. And um, I sit at a desk all day and it's really hard to get the motivation to work out sometimes, but you got to do it. Uh, You won't, you will, uh, you'll be thankful that you did that. So number seven, open a brokerage account. Um, This is important for a lot of reasons because investing is how you're going to get to a place of financial independence someday. And no matter what anyone says, you need to reach financial independence someday because you can't work forever. So at some point, you can't be dependent on a W-2 style income, like income from an employer, um, because you got to retire. So you're not going to be able to work forever. So if you did something as simple as taking $100 and just open a brokerage account with TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, Schwab, Vanguard, one of the big guys, um, it's super simple to do. You can do it in an afternoon. And um, that, I did that when I was like 20 years old and I put some money in there. I didn't put a lot, probably put a hundred bucks, hundred $150 and buy some stock uh, or a low fee index fund. I would say like VTSAX, the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund. I have all these links on my website. I've written about them extensively as well. Um, there's something like VTSAX uh, is going to give you exposure to the entire stock market, over 3,500 stocks. It's diversification. It's got hardly any fees. The fee structure is super low. And uh, it'll teach you a lot because you'll get to learn kind of like how to do it. Um, you'll be able to watch watch the, the stock market go up and down and see yourself make money or lose a little money. Um, you know, obviously that's just practice and repetition and, and understanding what you're doing. And along the way, you can you can then research, hey, what is VTSAX? What is a low fee index fund? And then decide if that's something that you want to put money into. And that's what I put a lot of my 401k into. Um, it's what a lot of my wife's uh, retirement account goes into. Um, and it's just kind of like the go-to for people that are interested in, in investing that don't want to take the time to learn it all. And it's way, uh, way better than just buying individual stocks because on average, you're going to get seven to 8% in the total stock market. And in picking stocks, you're probably going to lose money statistically, like less than 1% can actually make money by individually picking stocks. And even Warren Buffett has said that when he dies, he's going to put his fortune or whatever into the S&P 500, into a total stock, total, um, probably, I think he even says Vanguard, um, for his daughter or granddaughters or, um, or whoever, um, just because it's, it's the way to do it. Um, so let's see, number eight, join a local young professional networking group. So this is something that I haven't done myself. Um, I wish I would have, and I'm not saying that I can't any, I can't yet. I just, uh, I haven't found the bandwidth yet to, to do that one. Um, I know that the bandwidth exists if I wanted to, so 
Um, it's a matter of uh, making that a priority, getting to know people, networking in your town uh, with people your age that are interested in similar things, or maybe people that are a little bit older. Um, great. You're going to learn so much. And it's amazing how knowledge transfer works and how they can teach you what they already know in a, in a much quicker way than what how long it's taken them to learn it. So like I, I've been studying this stuff for like over 10 years and I've been, now I'm writing a lot about it. And you can learn a lot of what's taken me so long to learn from trial and error and my own research um, for yourself in like a weekend. So, um, knowledge transfer is amazing. Uh, you might also get good at, get better at, you know, just networking in general, introducing yourself, giving an elevator pitch, um, speaking, public speaking, that kind of stuff. Um, number nine, implement an every dollar budget. So the every dollar budget is like a brand from Dave Ramsey and we do use his budget app, not an affiliate or anything. Um, but to me, an every dollar budget, no matter how you do it is super important. And maybe you don't do it forever. Um, maybe you do it for a few years or um, however long it takes you to get really good behavior patterns with your spending and get your spouse on board. Um, and then maybe you drop it or you get a little more relaxed down the road, or maybe you just stick with it. So we know exactly how much money we make each month. Um, we readjust it at the end or just before we get paid every month. And um, so we know exactly to the dollar how much money is coming in the bank and then where that money is going, what categories we plan to spend it in. And then as we spend it, that transactions populate and we click and drag them over to that category. And the reason why we ended up on every dollar, it does, it is like an annual fee to link it to your bank. Um, but is because it's the only one out of all of them, like Mint and um, uh, what are they, I can't remember some of the other ones off the top of my head. It's been so long. Um, that actually like doesn't have connectivity problems. It's really easy. My wife can use it because um, she's not super um, financially tech savvy and when it comes to financial stuff, nor does she want to be. Um, so it's something that works really well for both of us and it saves us thousands of dollars. Um, so an every dollar budget is super important. You need to know where your money is or else you can't, you can't, you can't work with it, right? I'm not going to tell you that you need to cut your slash your budget down to nothing. Um, I think that there is a level of um, balance there. And I think it's just as important or more important to work on building your income and increasing your income than it is drastically decreasing your expenses. Like obviously get rid of unwanted debt, obviously get rid of bills and subscriptions that you don't need um, and get your, you know, your restaurant spending, your eating out spending, your grocery spending in control and uh, really just understand where you're at. And then, you know, then work on increasing your income and you can do amazing things. Get your savings rate up there real high. Um, number 10 is ask your parents and grandparents for advice. This is something that we don't do often enough, um, but uh, we treat our elders as the opposite of kind of how we should treat them. Um, we, we take them as kind of dumb, not being technical, tech savvy um, and things like that. But we what we fail to realize is they've seen a lot of things come and pass. They've seen presidents come and go. They've seen different parties get elected. They've seen different wars, recessions, etc. So we need to we need to lean on them and uh, um, kind of pick their brains and, and kind of learn about some stuff if we can. I think that is something that I haven't done well enough in my life, and also didn't really have the grandparents to do that with. Um, but I think that's really valuable, and I think it's a lot to lot to learn from them. Um, because they have lived an awful lot longer than you have. And that doesn't mean you have to take everything they say. Take what works and leave the rest. And maybe you might teach them a few things as well in the process. Uh, number 11, find the person you want to spend your life with. So I'm so thankful that I found my wife when I was in high school. Um, and we actually went to elementary, middle, and high school together. Um, we dreamed a lot when we were young. Um, but we built our life kind of as it is currently around those dreams. And um, made those decisions as we went. And now we've ended up with a life that we uh, we could only have dreamed about less than 10 years ago. So super thankful for that. 
Um, get out there and fail. Could try it. You know, my, uh, an old sales manager I had said, fail forward fast. And the idea is that get in there, try it, fail a whole bunch, because that's where you learn. You learn from failing. So if you can get out there and uh, fail at things, fail at, I've built a dozen websites, a dozen uh, different businesses, drop shipping businesses and um, niche websites and all sorts of things that I consider failures, even though I made money at a lot of them. Um, I learned so much during that process. Um, I had a YouTube channel with over 3 million views and 8,000 subscribers that I deleted. Um, I went, I go into that in another episode, uh, previously, but, um, you know, it's important to fail a whole lot. You can do that in your twenties cause you can recover from it. Um, you have plenty of time to recover from that, still make money, still invest and still reach a point where you can retire, uh, possibly even retire early. Uh, number 13, run a half marathon. I chose half marathon because you have to actually like work at getting ready to do that. It takes months and weeks and uh, time to prepare and and execution. You got you to gotta do it consistently. You got to get out there and push yourself. And then um, I ran my first half marathon this year, and it was I wasn't prepared for the mental games and kind of mental stuff that you do to yourself during that time, during those long runs. Um, but, oh, man, I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about fitness in general. And uh, it's just it was something that, like, I had ran a handful of times before that. I mean, I, I prepared for it. I ran probably two or three dozen times and, and I ran a, um, 10 K, seven K. I don't know. It was like a, a shorter, a much shorter version. It was like six miles. I think maybe close to a 10 K and before that. And, um, I think that, you know, just from like getting into shape, challenging yourself and something completely different, it's cheap, it's free. Um, essentially you just got to do it. And then, um, it's making the time for yourself. I think all those things are so important that if you can do that in your twenties, like You've got everything you need to be financially successful because that's all it is. It's setting your intention, your goals, working towards them every day, chipping away, and just doing the right thing consistently over time. Um, and I think that that's uh, I think that's a good metaphor for it. Uh, number fourteen: identify identify your mentors. So um, a lot of you know Ty Lopez and a lot of people on YouTube that are all woo woo will uh, push this stuff, and that's because they want to sell you a course. They want to sell you their uh, their content and stuff. So. Um, and they want, they want to be your mentor. Um, what I would say is that I have found a handful of people that I listen to their podcasts. I, I consume their content. Um, and what this does is it sets your focus and your intention towards that, right? You're the sum of the, you're the average of the five people you hang out with. Well, those are who the people are who I hang out with because I don't have a ton of friends. I've got three kids, been married for nine years. I work full time. I got a lot going on. So I have a couple really close friends, but, um, uh, these friends are these uh, these mentor friends are ones that I can I can learn from and um, and something that I'm interested in right so I listen to specific podcasts like Pat Flynn for example for blogging for for the website and content creation I listen to Gary Vee for motivation um, and just like not having any excuses right um, and I, I, t- I take that part out of his episodes and I kind of just leave the rest right the rest isn't really for me um, I listen I've listened to Grant Cardone I'm not a fan. Um, I don't really want to say any more on that. Um, you know, these people are technically gurus. Don't buy their crap. Um, they say good things. They repackage stuff that's already been said a million times before. Um, so find what works for you. Find people like Tim Ferriss or people that have done things that are similar, um, that you're looking at doing and learn from them. Um, someone like Warren Buffett, right? His mentor, Benjamin Graham wrote the intelligent investor, which is one of the greatest books of, of all time, in my opinion. And I've learned so much. That book has completely changed my life. I read it when I was 21. I have it on my website. So a whole book review of it if you want to check it out. Um, those types of people is what I'm talking about. And you don't, it's not that you like join their cult. 
It's just that you, you're consuming the content like that and not like the news or Donald Trump or like what's going on with, with everything going around that, right? Like don't get distracted. You really want to stay focused on, on what your goals are. Um, and if you have somebody specific for like uh, the fire movement, for financial independence, um, for just being good with your money, maybe it's Dave Ramsey, maybe it's hopefully someday maybe it's me. Um, obviously you're listening to this podcast, so, um, you know, consume my content if it helps you. Um, if it doesn't, then great, move on. But, um, you know, I, I hope to be that person for, for you out there. So, um, identify some mentors. You don't have to have a lot of them. Start with one or two or three, or, um, there's a, there's a YouTube channel called income school. That's really good at, um, talking about uh, search engine optimization for creating websites. Um, and I listen to them a lot. Um, and so, yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean I give them $500 a month for their course. I don't, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta really, um, control your, control yourself when you're looking into that because they'll take you for, some of those will take you for everything you got. Number 15, develop an inner circle. So like I said, I have a few really close friends, uh, in your twenties, it's kind of a prime time to develop that inner circle of people that you trust, people that can help you achieve the things you're looking at achieving, people that are going to support you. And they're, that's just, I can't say more about it. That's just so important to have people that you can lean on. You can tell about what you're working on, your projects, your goals, your dreams, your hopes, and people that aren't going to tear you down or judge you for that. I call it the inner circle. You can call it whatever you like. Uh, maybe it's just some really close friends or family. Um, cut numbers that goes right with number 16, cut out negativity. Um, we're surrounded by negativity in the news, social media, work, etc. It's important to set proper boundaries for yourself and your family. This is something I've had to learn to do. Um, if you have somebody in your family that's just kind of judgmental or negative or wants to gossip, you just don't engage, right? Like put it to the side. You don't have time for that. You got to get lean. You got to get, you know, get through all that, wade through all that crap and just get it out of your life. And if you don't engage with it, they typically don't. If, if somebody's wanting to gossip with you or be judgy about other people um, and you don't engage with it and you just change the conversation or talk about something different or even tell them like, hey, I don't want to talk about that, they're not going to do it because it doesn't feed into their cycle. Um, and that's something that, um, that I think works really well. And you just cut out the negativity. And if you have to, you just stop talking to them for a while. They'll get the idea. Um, number 17, develop smart goals. A smart goal is a goal that's specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. For example, I will have a $1.5 million net worth by the age of 45 is my most recent SMART goal, right? Like, that's a ways off. That's probably my, my longest SMART goal that I have, right? Um, so Kayla and I started setting SMART goals in one-year increments. I talked about that in the beginning of the episode, uh, that whole uh, goals worksheet. Like, awesome. I can't, say, I can't say enough about that. Powerful stuff. Number 18, explore materialism and minimal, minimalism. And I put this that way for a reason. Um, kind of why we buy things and how to stop buying them or why you should stop buying them. Um, and some people uh, have things they like to spend money on. We all have our vices, so to speak. I like spending money on experiences, time with my family. Um, most recently, my wife and I went to Bellevue, Washington, which is an expensive city, to stay for 24 hours overnight um, at a nice hotel within walking distance to the mall uh, where we went to a fancy dinner and uh, we had a few drinks. We spent an awful lot of money in 24 hours, but we also don't spend on 99 other things that aren't as important to us. And so we chose, we've picked things in our life that we really like, we prioritize, and we spend on them. 
Um, and it might be uh, some people are into luxury items, some people are into convenience, some people are into you know X, Y, Z. And it's just a matter of not trying to have everything, but finding out what's really important to you and and maybe spending your money there. And that's something that we've we've enjoyed. And so I've I've been material, the materialistic person. Right. So I've had the things, the fancy things that um, that I thought would bring me happiness. And um, what I found was that after like a few months, it just it's the next thing. Right. It's always the next thing. And everyone's talking about this right now because social media is such a big thing and all these influencers and all these people just coming into money. And thinking that that was what was going to make him happy. And it's just, it's not. Um, and so for me at least, and it might be for you, but um, so I think experiencing that is powerful, right? So um, experiencing what that feels like and having those experiences a few times where you're like, man, I need to stop spending money on this. Uh, I need to stop going out and having $100 bills at the bar um, when my family's back home and I could have spent that money on an experience with them. Um, you know, or maybe I need to not buy the brand new gaming system because typically in six months, I don't really play it, right? And that go into that cycle. Maybe I don't need the three thousand dollar riding lawnmower. Maybe I can get by with a five hundred dollar push mower, um, but still have you know a nicer push mower. So I think it's important. And then minimalism is just is just cutting out all the junk. Like I do things like this, like firethefamily.com and the podcast, because I get so much satisfaction out of it, so much joy, um, and that replaces the need to go out and get that joy externally um, from something like buying stuff. Technically, yeah, this is still an external joy, but it's more of like an achievement thing. Um, a lot of my satisfaction in life comes from achievement, and that's something that I'm <clears throat> that I'm currently working on. Um, and maybe it won't always be that way. Um, but I think I think exploring both ends of that coin is really important. And you may find that a more minimalistic approach is right for you, and it's obviously going to save you money. Um, but do I think you need to just cut everything, ride a bike to work, and spend nothing on anything, and be you know? Uh, have a lot that you're taking away from your family? No, I don't think so. I think that um, I think that it's up for you to decide. But I like to find that. Kayla and I found that bare bones expense uh, range, and it just where it hurt really bad. It's like, oh, this month was just way too tight, and then we we expanded it from there until we were comfortable, and that worked really well for us to kind of take it to the brink and, and pull it back. Uh, number 19, continue to find ways to compete. Um, so competition is my lifeblood. Nothing makes me feel more alive um, and happy than competing. And right now, like the website, like I'm competing against every other financial independence blogger out there. And it's fun because I can just see, I can just see the future in that like nobody's doing the basics, the stuff that I've learned over the last 10 years of building a big YouTube channel and building websites and, and having success in this space. Um, and it's fun because I just like I see it happening on a daily basis, and I'm already like working and kind of helping people um, figure that out for themselves. Um, but anyways, competing at work, uh, working a job where I'm 50/50 commission, and um, I like playing sports. I still play basketball pickup games, especially with the people I work with. Sometimes we play flag, flag football. I just love competing, and the gym is a great way for me to consistently compete against myself um, and get stronger and get better. So competing is like awesome, and it may not be for you, but if you've never done it, if you've never competed before, give it a try. I think that if you do that and you find a way to compete with yourself and challenge yourself and challenge others around you in a friendly environment in your 20s, oh man, I think that that's awesome. Uh, number 20, practice not judging others. The sooner you can learn not to judge others, you're, the, the sooner you're going to stop judging yourself. Um, and that's why we judge other people, right? So it's because we're insecure about ourselves. And so it makes us feel better to bring them into our mind and tear them down in our mind 
and maybe tell other people about it. And people get satisfaction out of that, as crazy as it sounds. And I've judged people. I'd, I'd do it on a regular basis. It's human nature. It's something I'm working on. Something I think that the sooner you get the hang of that, uh, that, will, that will change your life probably more than anything else on this list. Number 21, start reading. I'm not going to tell you that if you read a book, you're going to get smart. Um, do you need to read all the self-help books or all the sales books or all the financial books? No. Um, have I read a lot of them? I've probably read most of them. Um, and for me, most books in the, that realm, um, in the financial independence, self-help, um, guru type books, sales books, system, sales system books, the first four chapters, um, is really all you're going to get, uh, of value and the rest is fluff. Um, except for a couple, a couple, um, couple of books that I'd recommend, uh, but very few actually, you know, will, will bring you value the entire way through the book. Um, but whether it's science fiction, fantasy, whether it's um, an epic fantasy novel or um, a sales book or um, a history book, uh, reading itself kind of teaches your brain to exercise and to do something it's not used to. And you can learn so much through it. So I, I suggest, just like exercising, finding what works for you, finding the kind of stuff you like to read and that you'll stick with. I read for 10 or 15 minutes every night before bed. It helps me kind of curb my anxiety, um, brings, brings, um, helps with my, you know, any bouts of insomnia that I've had, and it really just helps me unwind at the end of the night. I get pretty wound up, especially doing this. It's 8.45 right now, and it'll probably take me another hour or two hours for me to really wind down from, from recording this. Um, but it's super relaxing and it just stimulates different parts of your brain and can just be really beneficial for giving you a different perspective and you know doing something new with your life. Number 22, start an online business. This one's crazy. And I'm debating on how much, how deep I go onto that topic on the website uh, because I have a lot of knowledge um, and I feel like expertise in that realm. And um, a lot of people call it a side hustle. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about that, but um, I started a, a pond supply, a koi pond, um, like a pond in your backyard that you keep fishing. Um, I used to build them with my dad when he ran a nursery. When I was 23, right, right when I got out of the military, um, I had built a website for drop shipping. Um, and I, I, was, I, made, I made a couple grand, I think, off of that. And um, I didn't keep it because it was not passive. And I was trying to go to school. I was trying to work, trying to raise a, one kid at the time um, and uh, trying, to get, trying to make ends meet. And now that I look back, I'm like, man, I should have kept that, but um, that's okay. Um, in between that and now, I've started a dozen website businesses, um, and I say businesses lightly, um, being like websites and niche websites and things that I make money off of, like AdSense and, and um, affiliate marketing and stuff. And then I had that YouTube channel, which was super successful in my opinion. And um, so I've done a lot of those things, and, and I think that, that there's, there's easy ways and there's difficult ways to make money on the internet. And um, even if it's 50 bucks a month, I mean, that's like an internet bill. That's like a cable bill. Um, heck, that might even be your cell phone bill. So I think that if you just look at it that way and break it down that way, like you can make $50 a month on the internet. A friend of mine flips sneakers and he does great. I know people that flip yard sale items or go to the store and sell stuff on Amazon from the store clearance aisle. Um, you can do that. So um, definitely doable. Um, you can start a website. You can put a lot of work on the front end and see the results of it at the end of at the end of the day there you can buy and sell stocks you can um i don't know there's a million ways to make money online um but the sooner you can learn to do that i mean that's the future i mean um why not supplement your income with online income if you can and uh i think it's i think that's uh, something that if you can learn how to do that in your 20s even if it takes you till you're 35 heck like you're going to you're going to be all right you're going to be way ahead of the of the game and you're going to um 
you have a lot more money coming in, which is never a bad thing. Uh, so I know that was really long-winded, and I, I thought I was going to be able to get it through a lot quicker, but these are passion topics that I care about deeply, that I've done a lot of them, or I'm working on, on some of them, and um, I know from experience that these, uh, these uh, list items, if you can put them into your life, uh, work towards them, uh, they can have a dramatic effect on your future and uh, where you end up you know, in the next decade, uh, especially perfect timing. We're in the 2020. Um, what are you going to do with the next decade of your life? I spent the last decade just investing in myself, man. And only now uh, am, I, am I feeling the fruits of that labor and it's 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 pretty it's pretty exciting stuff um but you got to get you got to get out there and you got to work you got to grind you got to learn you got to grow you got to experience you got to get perspective and you got to figure it out man like that there's no better way to do it than getting out there getting your hands dirty and telling yourself i'm going to put 10 years worth of work into myself and figure out where you know where am i going to come out on the other side because um there's a whole lot out there and uh you can do it and just don't, just don't waste it. Just don't waste your time. Pick something that you like, or something that you want to try, and go out there and do it. Go out there and try it. And you can talk about it all day. You can, you can look it up on the internet. You can watch videos on it. You can watch content and listen to content all day long. But if you don't do it, if you don't go out there and put the action forth and, and put the work in, put the time in, it's not, you're not going to get anywhere. And that's just that's kind of the simple law of, um, of life, in, at least in my experience here in America. Um, that's what that's what's been like. So um, I challenge you to to try some things. Pick a couple things on this list and uh, and and give it a go. Right. Um, so thank you again for for hanging out with me on this episode. Uh, I hope I hope it was valuable for you. I hope it was useful. Uh, feel free to share it uh, with a friend or family member. Um, let them know that I exist. I'm trying to get the word out about the website. Uh, I got a lot of traffic coming in from just Google search results, um, which I'm excited about. That was the goal. Um, but word of mouth always helps. So um, I don't ask you for your money. I don't ask you for anything but your really your time listening to me and uh, and maybe a, a shout out to uh, to somebody that you may know that this could help. Uh, so thank you again. I'm Nick with FireTheFamily.com and I hope to see you on the next episode.